Yes, and we are here again. Another brand new episode of The Kickout. My name is Skillet. We've got so much to unpack this week because last night we watched AEW Revolution. It was, it was hyped up to be something really, really special. And I want to find out if that actually was the case. We've got a lot of guests here today. But before we get to our guests, I'm going to go to my co-host, Max, part of the Kickout family. Max, how are you, my bro? Yeah, doing very well. Um, feel a bit cheated, just slightly cheated because I stayed up to watch um, the revolution and we just didn't get that payoff, which would have merited me not having all the hours of sleep. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Well, for those who are watching us on the YouTube channel, they already have seen three beautiful faces on the screen already and wondering, OK, who are these guys? Well, these guys have been on the show before. These are, you know what I say? When you build an army, Max, you look to your bloods, you look to the click. And these are my familia, Wayne McHale, DJ Elijah, DJ Royalty. Thank you guys for coming back on the Kick Out podcast. Please, um, how do you all feel today? How are you all? I haven't seen you guys in a year since COVID. How are you all? Good to see you all. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Good. I'm so tired. Elijah? <laughs> I watch it in the morning like a sensible person. I got responsibilities. <laughs> okay, we'll get just it. as well. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be having a different show today. <laughs> All right, we'll get yeah, into that. Yeah. Um, before we talk about AEW, I want to have a little quick rundown about SmackDown last week. I didn't really watch it, Max. I do remember the Apollo Crews angle has kind of, from last week, we were praising it a little bit to now it seems a bit... Uh, uh, uh how the do you real feel Apollo Crews. There we go. Yeah, Next, you're Nigerian yourself. So, how do you feel about this uh, Apollo Crews Nigerian gimmick? So, in the heat of the moment, watching it, I lost my head literally, complete head loss. I thought this isn't any way that someone from um Nigerian royalty, heritage, great ancestry presents themselves coming down um to the to the ring with a spear militia following them i was thinking what is this this for me was very much oh you know someone has drawn this character of what they think a nigerian or an african is and this is where we were so and then of course the accent which the week before i didn't mind because obviously he was he was copying something that he said his grandfather would say with an accent so i thought okay cool when he come out and does the whole promo in the accent, I thought, oh my God, bro. Um, but after um, some research, I actually found out that Apollo Crews obviously is Nigerian and he's from yeah. a tribe where the spear is actually given to men um, as some type of gift. Um, so it is very much in, you know, his actual roots and character and stuff. So I'll lay off him a bit. That I still think the accent is over the top. Um, he said that he had to hide the accent because, um, you know, kids in America, when he came, whatever, was making fun of him. But it's like, you were born in America. You've never lived in Nigeria. So where did you get the accent from anyway? And so... plus, I, I could have sworn last time when he first announced, when he first made the official heel turn, he was speaking in a, like in his American tongue and yeah. then switched up to like, you know, Nigerians. Yeah. Well, you know, what, 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 what kind of accent would that be? Would he, would he have had, do you know? It was just a, it You're... was just an attempted Nigerian accent from someone that lives in America. I can't okay. say that that accent belongs to any particular um, yeah, culture tribe. or tribe yeah. or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It was yeah. 
Yeah, it's very awkward. I don't know how you guys feel about this. Let's go to Wayne McKell first. Wayne, how do you feel about the uh, new Apollo Crews gimmick? Well, I kind of feel that it was needed. He needed a change um, after so many years of like just mediocre sort of going with the paces and not really finding his feet. And then when he started to chase like the well, when he started when he won the US title, you could see the change coming and he was just gathering momentum. So I think this sort of change for him is good, but it, you know, it's it's early days, I think, for the character. So I'm interested okay. to see how it, you know it progresses, but no. Okay. Royalty. Do you, have you seen this yeah. yet? Yeah, I have. I have to agree with Wayne. I just want to give it a bit of time. And I think it's been a uh, the change has been needed. So I, I have faith that hopefully something positive comes out of it because it's yeah. it's uh, yeah it's been it's been overdue I think. Elijah. Yeah, I mean you want him to do well. He hasn't really had a a character before. He was just a guy, and then now he's got a character. So a lot of these things start in the mud, and then they get. To the like, they get to become diamonds over time. Like, and six months down the line, ask me again, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll look back on this and be like, oh, okay, like that's where it started. That's jokes, but now it's actually hard. He's like one of the hardest guys on SmackDown. You know what? That's this is a very positive outlook. I'm liking this because you know I would have thought this. I, I don't know. I just assumed you guys would have buried this, but um, you guys are saying no, give it time, which is the right. That is the right answer to be honest. Yeah, we should give it time before we bury anything. Um, and anything else not worthy from SmackDown? I know uh, Jay Uso and Daniel Bryan had a main event, steel cage match. Yeah, stipulation being that um, if Daniel Bryan got the win over Jay Uso, he gets the Universal Championship match um, at Fastlane with Roman Reigns, which he won. Um, really good match. Um, earlier on in the card, we saw Bianca Belair beat Shayna Baszler, someone that she consistently lost to in NXT. She beat her relatively easy um oh. in a match on on smackdown on the fourth attempt of those two going at it so um good that she finally wins reginald's still at the center of this this story but seems to have been banished by um carmella and sasha banks now so interesting where he's gonna land. I, I noticed uh elijah was shaking his head uh elijah what's your thoughts on this uh this 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 uh, booking it's it's one of those things like that don't, doesn't need to be complicated. Like Bianca won the Royal Rumble, and she should just be going for the title. All this tag team stuff and other storylines getting in the mix. Obviously, they have other events leading up to it, but it kind of complicates the journey and makes it convoluted and confusing. Mm -hmm. And the Shayna Baszler story is separate. It happened in a different promotion, effectively, and it hasn't been told on television. So it's even though, okay, she's beat her whatever four minutes or whatever it was, it's hard to grasp that whole bigger picture of story of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to actually go on to a question that we've gotten on Twitter by Nathan Stokes. So at Nathan Stokes 08, he says, Guys, can you please talk about WWE stockpiling the talent and not using them? Prime examples on Dry Day and Alistair Black. No one has seen them for months, and they were both incredible champions in NXT. Uh, royalty, yes. Do you miss the likes of Andrade and Black being on regular television? I think I miss uh having hope for new talent coming up from NXT. That's what I think I miss <laughs> because it just seems that everyone is doomed. 
Andrade and Alistair were prime prime talent on NXT. And they were actually two where where a future was foreseeable, I think. You could see that the work that they did in NXT was good, but on the main roster, I feel like the possibilities were kind of endless for them. But they <laughs> it has ended, it seems. Like, where are they? Mm. I, I'm, I, I'm a bit confused because they gave Alistair the, the, fade, the fade to black entrance that was only the Undertaker's. And they've gone from that to him just not being on the show at all. Uh, it's just, it's baffling. It's baffling. Mm. No, I totally agree with I you, Wayne. We've... Oh, go on, Max. Go on, go on. Sorry, I was just going to add that um, if you guys remember back to the beginning of the so-called pandemic era, like these guys were all over TV, like every week, especially Andrade yeah. with um, Zelina Vega, US Championship. And it was Paul Heyman that was apparently booking Raw and trying to push these younger guys. That's when we saw Apollo Crews, you know, with the US title as well, going after Bobby Lashley and all that kind of stuff. And as soon as they took Paul Heyman out of that role, and then obviously he eventually came back with Roman on SmackDown, you saw the likes of Andrade, you know, he's just been gone since. Um, Zelina Vega was obviously sacked for, you know, all this third party um, stuff. And then obviously Alistair Black being her spouse hasn't been on TV since. So it's it's unfortunate, but yeah. Um, I guess this is kind of like the same old, same old now, isn't it? We've, we've seen it for a few years now. Nakamura wasted. Uh, well, you know, I I, I fear what's going to happen to Adam Cole, undisputed error if he ever comes get if he ever gets called up. Finn Finn was totally just thrown back to NXT. Uh, Bobby Roode nowhere. Uh, I know he's a tag team champion now, but you know what I mean. It's just not. There's, there's none of these wrestlers are really getting any sort of day. Um, do you feel NXT works now? You know, you had you had um, the Charlottes, the, the Shasha Banks, you know, stuff like that where they became bona fide stars. But it's really few and far in between, isn't it? I I think NXT is needed. I don't think it works at the moment but it is needed because you have to have your talent develop, like give them a chance to, you know, wrestle amongst crowds and create their own storylines and build their characters. And at the moment, how NXT is, it kind of needs a revamp. It it needs to change because. Because if you look at me, I was a massive NXT fan. Yeah. I only, the last time I watched NXT was the last takeover, but before that it was months, 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 months. I haven't watched NXT in ages properly. I haven't been devoted to NXT for a while. I I watch AEW of NXT, so I don't Same. I don't yeah. I don't know what's happening with NXT at the moment. But I, uh, think, I think the issue is NXT has kind of forgotten its roots. Obviously, their developmental brand they became big, they became popular. AEW came out, they then wanted to compete with AEW. Mm. Um, you know, I had this conversation not too long ago with with a friend. And the likes of Ricochet, that, that was obviously an established wrestler before he reached NXT, but he's moved onto the main roster now, and yet his promo ability hasn't been improved. So yeah. is NXT really developing anyone anymore? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, they've, they've lost their sense, haven't they? All right. Ends. Yeah. We'll leave this conversation for another time, but let's talk about the big show. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the big show. 
AEW Revolution. Um, how did it start off, Max? Do you mind giving a little rundown and how the show yes. went? Yes. So it was the buy-in, which is their pre-show. It started off with, um, well, Britt Baker was meant to tag with her, I guess, number two, Reba. Um, and it came out, came out that Reba was injured, so she couldn't take part. And um, her partner was now Maki Ito, one of the Joshi wrestlers that captured the hearts of quite a lot of people on social media during the AEW um, Women's Eliminator Tournament. So it's interesting to see AEW bring her in. So she tagged with Britt Baker against Thunder Rosa and Riho. Any hot takes from this match, anyone? Uh, let's go with Elijah. Uh, Elijah, what did you think of this match? Did you get to see this match? No, this is the only match I haven't seen. I actually just, I bought the, the pay-per-view of Fight TV, so I haven't actually oh, seen it. Oh, no, yeah. Picture. Fair enough. Royalty, did you get to see this match? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. So I, saw, I was locked in for the entrance and for the surprise, which I, which was very pleasant, actually, because uh, she was probably my favourite uh, competitor in the tournament. And I think she's going to be an amazing addition to uh, the AEW roster. Yeah. Uh, well, how should you get over the the catchphrase? Like a catchphrase is "Hello, motherfuckers." So, <laughs> and I get so that she, over she, on Dynamite. She's, a, she's already yeah, said that on. She said it on being the elite. The, today's episode of being the elite. Yeah, yeah. Out. She's already yeah, yeah. dropped it once. So I think that's probably where it's gonna live more than Dynamite. <laughs> like she's a special character, and she adds a lot of um, charisma to um, yeah, the woman's division. Right. I think which which they need. All right, should, yeah. should we talk about the opening then? What a way to start off the pay-per-view. Uh, the, the the rivalry between Chris Jericho, MJF, and the Young Bucks. Uh, this has actually been a really good build-up going into this program, actually. Um, and I think this was probably the best choice to start off the match. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. But uh, Max, what did you think? Yeah, I thought this match was really good. I think the, the build-up really picked up heat in the last two weeks where we saw, obviously, the Young Bucks' dad get attacked and... Um, stuff like that and then the young bucks kind of got their their revenge on them last week when all the inner circle guys were in the ring um typical kind of fast-paced pwg stuff that the young bucks do um yeah just a re really good match i think one thing that i was expecting from both sides was obviously sammy guevara's got beef with inner circle the gallows and anderson have been messing up things for young bucks i think i think i expected either one of those parties to kind of get involved in this to to cause towards the finish but it, it never happened um and then yeah young bucks retained their championships so, yeah. elijah i know you're a you're a big fan of um all four in the ring um how, what did you think of this match yeah it's mad it's mad like saying that i'm a big four but it's like a big fan of all four but i'm a big fan for all different reasons so it's unusual that I guess these four would actually even be in the ring together and then have a good match because I like them for all different reasons. Um, going in, actually, was was that improved by the build? Because I guess the story is Jericho and MJF and then everything else happening around it. And I've seen Jericho and the Young Bucks interact basically since the beginning of Dynamite because they had the Inner Circle Elite Feud and then Stadium Stampede and all that stuff. So I'd seen them interact loads. And then I guess MJF as well with Cody and all that kind of hypes. And this match was this match was a dynamite main event to me. Yeah. There wasn't something like above the the level that you would see on Dynamite Weekly. It was a sick match though. Like there was there was bits in it. I was like, okay, cool. But Dynamite as a like weekly standard sets the bar so high that when you go into a pay-per-view, you're like, okay, what is it gonna be different to what I see every Wednesday. And 
the finish. <sighs> All right. Can I just rewind back? It's going to take me 25 seconds, yeah? Do your thing, brother. Last year revolution, Jericho lost. Stadium stampede, double or nothing, Jericho lost. All out, Jericho lost against Orange Cassidy. Full gear. Did Jericho lose against MJF? Yeah, he did. Because MJF went in a circle. So if we've gone a whole year of Jericho losing on pay-per-view, he should be curtain jerking at the at the performance. <laughs> <laughs> That's my take. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um I guess I think I think we can move on from this. I think I think I, I, unless royalty and Wayne got anything to chime in. I, for me, Jericho and MJF should have won the titles. Okay, it adds to their story, and uh, yeah, I I just I don't think the young bucks need those titles at all. Okay, that's okay. That's a good. That's you know. Having, that's having said that, though, like Elijah's really good observation because I didn't even know that. Um, we we want Jericho to be losing these big matches though to put over the other guys though because Jericho don't need to be winning these things. So at the same time, yeah, I get Jericho winning the titles with MGF in this given scenario probably could have helped, but it looks like they're cutting straight to you know what we eventually thought was going to happen anyway because you know the backstage segment where Jericho said something in the inner circle needs to change. MJF said, yeah, something does need to change. Like wink, wink, mm. hint, hint at Jericho. Like, I'm yeah, yeah, you out yeah. On Wednesday, <laughs> so yeah, um, it looks like they've basically accelerated that whole thing without giving him the titles. Okay, actually, I got a question. It's going to go to royalty first. So, good point. Um, good observation. When MJF said something does need to change, what is that change, royalty? What do you think is going to happen on Dynamite? That's that's exactly what I picked up from that from that segment. Was MJF was saying. Yeah, it's it's you that's got to change, Jericho. There needs to be a new leader, and that's going to be me. That's what I think he was trying to put across. Internet, yeah. So, yeah. But do you Where think, that leaves do you think, the circle, I'm not sure. Do you think it's which I agree with you? And I think that's exactly what he was alluding at. But do you think it's going to be a case of him kicking out Jericho and getting somebody else to replace Jericho, or just MJF is going to be the leader from now on? I think his intent will be to become leader. Yes, but I'm not sure if he's actually going to be successful in doing that. I, I'm not sure if he will actually become the leader. Maybe he will. Maybe he will uh, leave, and he'll end up with Sammy coming back, and then in a circle of back to normal, and they're back back together as they were. And MJF is now a, a singles competitor again, and maybe it'll be Sammy versus MJF, or Sammy. I mean, uh, MJF versus Jericho again. Probably not. I imagine it'll be Sammy and MJF. Okay. Possibly. Anybody has got any other takes on what might happen? Well, yeah, Jake, I, Jake was noticeably absent. Hager. Hager's been absent. He's been absent for some weeks now, hasn't he? He ain't been so, on Dynamite either for some time. I thought he was maybe know. training for Bellator or something. Yeah, they're leaving the I lock. I think that was, that was mentioned, actually. It's a Bellator, right? Okay. Mm. okay. It was mentioned that he was training. I, I think um, Jake had a match previously in the co uh, in the commentary that said he was training for another match. Max, can you please talk us through the casino battle royal? Okay, casino royal? so 
yeah, this is like, for those that don't know, like a bit of a Royal Rumble. Every 90 seconds, another tag team enters the match. But if one tag, one member of the tag team gets eliminated, the other one can still continue, you know, until they're eliminated. Um, just a lot of different teams. We saw like three different iterations of the Dark Order in this match <laughs> and they still didn't win. Um, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall, which had an interesting spot when QT Marshall eliminated um, the the gun club and obviously they're part of the nightmare family so dustin rhodes was what saying to qt marshall why did you do that qt said well we want to win it dustin was telling him no qt eliminated himself and left dustin to it um santana ortiz were in there came in relatively early unfortunately didn't stay any longer matt and mike seidel were also in the in the match um we saw jungle boy and um what is the dinosaur's name now forgotten and they were having basically the through story with um the eventual winners um phoenix and pack which I, I felt was kind of fairly obvious they were like the biggest names in there that they were gonna be successful but again jungle boy continues to um impress in these kind of situations um but yeah phoenix and um pack particularly phoenix on the night was just so so good um, and yeah, they go on to meet Young Bucks, I think, in two weeks' time on Dynamite for the Tag Team Championships. For open question for everybody, right decision, Pac, Phoenix? Definitely. Thumbs, uh, thumbs up from Elijah. Wayne? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Pac and Phoenix as a tag team, I prefer them as single wrestlers. Okay. So... I don't know if I can warm up to them as tag team. You know, I tag team. Yeah, but they've been in the but they've been in the faction for a little while now. Yeah, uh, you know. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but as a tag team, I, I just can't. You prefer them as single? Yeah, as yeah, single yeah. wrestlers. Royalty, are you down with it? Yeah, I'm. It's not what I expected, but I'm. I'm happy with. I'm happy with them. Them two being the uh, number one contenders and seeing where it goes. I probably would have preferred Pack as a singles competitor. But I'm also kind of happy that that is something that can still happen in the future. I mean, um, it's, it's going to be an amazing yeah. match. It's going to be an, an outstanding yeah. match. You yeah, know, yeah. yeah I, I think I think all four of them and a few others in that company, like, true. I think if you look at like the, the the real greats in the industry, like, don't get me wrong, WWE has a lot of great outstanding talent that's part with these guys too, but. Uh, I think I would say that the, the, the Kenny Omegas, the Phoenixes, the Pentagons, the Young Bucks, the the Packs, that they just they just edge it on upper that. Echelon. Yeah, a little bit upper echelon for me. No, you know what I mean. But yeah, do, do you think right. that it kind of neglect, neglects the uh, one thing? I will say, I think it's I think it's really good. But to, having two, I know they're in a faction, but having two singles wrestlers be the tag team that wins the tag team elimination tournament rather than an actual tag team. That's been working on dark for the whole year or on dynamite it seems a little strange to me but mm, mm. That, that's kind of been my argument in recent times for um you know nxt's dusty classic we often see a lot of two singles wrestlers that have been put together come and win like a tag tournament rather than an actual tag team that's been trying to do their thing for a minute um just to reply to Wayne's comment about not liking these two together, I think we've got to get used to it because by the sounds of it, we're going to get trios titles very soon. 
on um, AEW oh, when they start okay. their second TNT show. And I think okay. Death, Death Triangle, you know, Penta, Phoenix, and Pac are probably going to be maybe world champions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. That's a good shout. What was the next match, Max? I don't remember. Um, we had the women's championship match. Hikaru Shida versus Ryo Mizunami. I thought that this was the best wrestling match on the on the card. Like, just flat out wrestling. No gimmicks, no nothing. Personally. I miss, I actually missed this match. I, I'm going to admit. I, I, I think I fell asleep during this match. Um, but Wayne, do you agree? Was this the best wrestling match on the card? Well, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, you know, it was the Japanese sort of style of wrestling. It was hard hitting, you know, strong style, I guess, but very technical and a lot of back and forth. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a good match. Elijah? It's, it's weird. Like one of these matches that like kind of needed the crowd behind it to, to make it feel like more impactful. Like if you had the tournament two weeks ago and then you got Mizunami for two weeks on Dynamite and people understood what she was about, a bit more then I think it would have got over a bit better and then at the end there was like so many near falls that when it actually came you're like oh it's finished you know what I'm saying so it's like the sequencing of the match was a bit weird but it was actually a, like a good like you said it was probably like the best out and out kind of singles wrestling match on the on the show definitely man but I'm a big fan of both of them so like yeah two outstanding and who picked up the win again Max? Sheeda retained the title okay oh yeah okay cool 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 and what was next after this? What was after? What was the next match? Um, we had Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor versus Miro and Kip Sabian. Right. Um, this match kind of started in the back where I think Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor were cutting a promo. Miro kind of interrupted and put Chuck Taylor through a window, if I remember correctly. Um, basically dragged him out to the ring, and um, this was really just a, I think a Miro showcase kind of match, just yeah. to get him over, get him back looking like a beast. Um, yeah which which he did um yeah i think penelope took a bump somewhere in this match towards the end but miro just kind of continued put an accolade on um chuck taylor and yeah he tapped out wasn't it against cassidy i could have sworn it was against cassidy nah it's against chuck Chuck taylor yeah okay all right uh yeah right booking right decision they have to make miro look like a monster and um you know i feel like it kind of backfired putting this angle on him debuting in in aew but uh, I think they're gonna rectify. I think they've rectified it now. I think he's gonna move away from this best friends stuff and just go ahead and hopefully become a, a strong singles competitor. Are you guys all happy that Miro is part of AEW? Let's go with uh, royalty. Are you happy to see Miro in AEW? Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm not, just not really happy with what I've seen so far. I think he did. I think his, uh, his time in the, the wedding segment was fun, and from what I've seen, it's decent, but it's just. This, <laughs> I haven't really enjoyed any of this uh, storyline, to be honest. Yeah, it just kind of yeah. tuned me out. To go from one wedding gimmick to another, it's, it's just uh, well, it, it's storyline. Fun- sorry, yeah. it's just <laughs> it's strange. It, it's funny that on the WhatsApp, Elijah was uh, well, pretty much spot on on what was going to take place at the, uh, the on the AEW wedding storyline. Uh, Elijah, have some thoughts on you on that on that storyline and on Miro's um, booking so far. Yeah, so I called early that. Orange Cassidy was going to cut out the cake. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anything bad about being predict- predictable. Predictable is fine if it's, as long as it's entertaining. Yeah. True. But um, this company is called All Elite Wrestling, and I haven't seen any wrestling that is full elite yet. So when it gets there, 
then I'm, I'm going to be a fan. But it hasn't got there yet. Like, I agree. And again, like it's like the Apollo Crews thing. It's like if this is the start of what it's going to be and where it's going, then fine, like, I'm behind yeah, it. Yeah. But if if this is where it's going to stay, then um, yeah, there's again, this is a dynamite match for me, like yeah. rather than um, yeah. a pay per view. What was next, Max? I'm trying to remember um, the card now. Next on the card was Hangman Page versus Matt Hardy, their big money match. Where I really, I really just, enjoyed this match. I'm gonna lie yeah. to you guys. I re- I didn't think this match was gonna impress me as much as it did. I I, yeah. I don't when I, when I see Matt Hardy in the ring, I just get a bit deflated. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I just, this, I just, this is. This is definitely the best wrestling match Matt Hardy has had since he's come to AEW. One hundred percent, and it's like I was a bit like, oh man, I, I kind of want Matt to manage um, private party, kind of be there, kind of like the spokesperson. I kind of like them all three of them together. I don't know why. For me, it works for some reason. It does. I don't know why, yeah. but um, so I, I kind of wanted Matt to kind of step back and just kind of you know push these guys. But you know, obviously, he got involved in this match. But you know what? The match was great. I, I'm gonna lie to you. The match was great. I love the finish. The finish yeah. for me was outstanding. Um, Wayne, what do you think of uh, Hangman Page? And also, are you a fan of Hangman Page and Dark Order? This little weird thing that's going on between them as well. Are you a fan of that? I'm a fan of Hangman Page and Dark Order, definitely. I think um, the story, what they're building with them, like, you know, oh, is he going to join? Is he not going to join? Yeah, you know, I think it's a good build-up for him. You know, his character from being with, like, Kenny Omega and, you know, the Elite. And then being, you know, dashed out the elite, and then Dark Order trying to, you know, get him to join them, and he's like, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to join you and stuff like that. I think it's just building his character and making him more of a uh, what did you call it, a, a bane face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's working well. And if there were more like fans and audience in the crowd as well, I think it would just help his character more and more. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, the match yesterday was just, it was, a, it was a good match, I think, then. Elijah, what was your thoughts on this match and uh, Hangman Page and the Dark Order kind of storyline as well? Yeah, I like it. It's something to do in between, like, chasing the title and, you know, the Dark Order, like, necessary kind of babyface direction made sense. Um, the Matt Hard thing is weird because I feel like this is the best gimmick he's actually had ages it makes sense people can understand it if someone doesn't watch wrestling and they and i explained it in like 10 seconds they would get it but if i was trying to explain the previous iterations of my hardy it it would just be it'd be too difficult they'll be like okay i I like look this guy is a con artist he's worked in wrestling for 30 years that's easy to understand like and i kind of like that it's just a straightforward concept hey that's facts what elijah just said there that's facts that's facts the right the right kind of winner and it's funny because in in the in the other promotion they would have it so the baby face loses so he's not got any money for months and make him look silly but in this situation it's like the baby face wins hill has no money it's like the like complete reverse psychology to what most wrestling fans would be used to mm. and again same thing hardy i think he'd won every match he's had on pay-per-view it's time to take an l and to the right person yeah, good. That's yeah, good analysis and royalty. A few little few words before we go to the next match. Yeah, uh, I think the uh, I was surprised with the outcome. I thought Matt Hardy was going to win. I do feel like the now we're just back to square one again, and Hangman is not the leader yet. 
So it's just like, well, what's happening then? Because we've gone through that whole storyline and it's still not solved. I feel like it is starting to drag a little bit to me. Mm. It feels like it is dragging. And maybe that has to be resolved like soon and we can actually get going with that side of things with the Dark Order with Hangman as the primary uh, member. I, I never thought the Dark Order could be a a, 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 a very plausible reason why uh, Hangman Page could be a top top babyface in the company. I never actually saw that when I when they, when they were paying them together. I was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure about this, mm. but it seems like yeah. it's worth like the loyalty storyline. You know, they, they generally got love for him. It's like it, you kind of see like a camaraderie there. So it, it could probably work. You could probably they could probably push Hangman Page to be a top number one babyface in the company next year. This time next year. Well, I, I... I think I would actually just prefer him not <laughs> to not to not be the leader. Actually, and just carry yeah. on. But I would yeah. just want them to resolve it. Just like no, no, no. The, I'm not saying leader. I'm not saying. Uh, by the way, I'm not saying. Oh, yeah. him. I'm not. By the way, that's. I don't want him to be part of the Dark Order. But the fact that him and the Dark Order are actually friends could, yeah, 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 still, could still be a good story they they can write. You know what I mean? I don't think yeah, he fits Dark Order. Yeah. I don't think he fits that all. But the fact that you know he because he rejected them before. And now they're like yeah. they keep helping him out. They keep being there for him. So he's got no choice but to embrace them. So if, yeah. if, he, if they're just kind of his weird friends, <laughs> it could probably work. It could probably work. Thank you. See, Elijah's with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down yeah, for that, man. Yeah. I'm down for yeah. that. That's not a, it's, not a, it's not a world title kind of level gimmick still. No. And it, Two. it's I'm trying to think of like a similar comparison. Like, um, Mick I don't know. There is. Well, Foley and Rock. I, I was gonna say yeah. Rock and Foley because yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Rock, Rock yeah. is a super serious character where Mick Foley was just he's like someone he couldn't shake, like, but you know, he respects him, he's friends with him, sort of thing. So even if it's just a backstage thing, it's just like look, yeah. I'm yeah. going out there. This is the serious one, this is the big world title thing. Mm. Bam, like yeah, let's do your thing. We got your back if just make sure that no one else is gonna mangle this, and that's it. Like, I think overall on the show, there's always like runs and all this kind of stuff. It's like to tone that down there's so many guys that need to, to kind of have a moment that when the when there's serious matches happening like having a moment where you have proper professional wrestling matches with one person and one person another corner that's it yeah and absolutely. knowing that you ain't gonna get a run in man for 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 those that um that don't watch being the elite so Basically, what has, what has happened now? Because obviously, this match was for the 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 quarter the quarter money that's been made between you know January to March of whoever lost the match. So obviously, Hangman's got all of Matt Hardy's peas now. Um, the Dark Order guys, John Silver, they found his his wallet, they found his card, and they've started spending Hangman's money because he's got so much of it. Um, Alex Reynolds bought um, Hangman Page barrels of whiskey. John Silver um, bought loads of condoms because, yeah. Um, and number 10, Vance, uh, Preston Vance, he bought loads of cocaine. Um, so now it's, uh, I think Hangman is saying that, well, when he was given the money, he donated it all. So basically now they've spent money, which Hangman doesn't have. So Hangman's now in debt. So okay. um, <laughs> that's, where they, that's where they're going with it. Hangman's now overdrawn on his account. So yeah, I guess we'll see how that develops on um, being the elite. Okay. Because you know, when I watched being the elite, I just think, I just see it as, oh, these are like little comedy sketches. I didn't actually yeah. think they actually tie in with the story. I didn't really think that. So, okay. Yeah. 
Uh, what's what was next? Was it the um the brass ring match? Was that next? <laughs> yeah. So the face <laughs> of the revolution ladder match for the future TNT Championship, which obviously yes, it was a brass ring. Some have called it a donut. Some has called it a, a Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> Sonic, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog ring hanging over. And you know what? I think us before we get into the match, I think I said this to you, Skillet, um, last week. They they do these ornament things like really bad in my opinion. So this brass ring thing just looked crap. Um, the I think they had the casino ladder match that Brian Cage won, and he that was a massive chip, like a you know like a betting. Chip. Oh yeah, I remember it, that. Yeah, it was a yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this woman Mizunami just won the women's tournament and got some like meaty looking trophy. Yeah. Um, Diamante Ivelisse won the women's tag champ tournament yeah, and medals. got some massive looking medals. Like just. They can't. They don't do these. These like what, what do I even call them? These like sub gifts. These sub trophies. They don't do it very well. Yeah, I think they're try- they're definitely trying to do the thing where they, they 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 you know put themselves different from any other company. But it's just yeah, it just doesn't look like when I saw it. Like because because it's the fact that Scorpio Sky. I mean, <laughs> spoiler alert, obviously, but Scorpio Sky won the match and he was hugging it. He was like, hugged. <laughs> when he was hugging that ring, I was like, "What am I watching here?" Like, <laughs> um, uh, right, talent won, but let's go to Elijah first because Elijah was like me. Both we were both shaking our heads when this match brought up. Elijah, please tell me your thoughts on this match, please. Okay, like like the battle royal. Yeah, I hate matches where. You have to do something that's not what the championship is about to win the match. So, like the tag team battle royal, you don't win tag team matches by throwing someone over the top rope. So you shouldn't get a tag team championship opportunity based on the ability to throw someone on the top rope. That's dumb. That's like challenging Liverpool for the Premier League title with penalties or with kickups. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like as a sport, as a sporting venture. I hate that. I'm just always going to like fight that as an idea. And then I saw what the brass ring looked like. And I thought, I'm, I'm just going to let this, I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> and I always think, like, I watch a lot of wrestling by myself, but I would think if I had to explain this to someone else, why that exists and why it's called a brass ring and why this person's going to grab it. And it would just be like too complicated and convoluted. So already you lost me. And then all the spots in the match, there were so many opportunities. Hold on. We even rewind. The surprise. So. <laughs> the whole premise of this show is, and, and wrestling in general, is anything can happen. If it can happen. Oh, tune in. Anything can happen. A few times with AEW and their shows, they promise something. Sometimes it delivers, sometimes it doesn't when they could just do it. People are watching, or if they don't watch, they can find out. Just leave it like that. All this hyping something up to be something has always fallen flat in his face. And this was another one. Nothing against Ethan Page, but all of all the possibilities that it could have been, I think people would see that as an underwhelming um, competitor. And then he didn't win on top of that. They did the same thing with Matt Seidel in the ladder match um, at World Out, I think it was. He came in, slipped, didn't win, yeah. hasn't done anything since. And the same thing will probably happen with him. It's like good booking. You you could this AEW thing have a good show with 20 people and we wouldn't even notice. They've probably got 60 people now and it feels like that's a cop out of actually just booking the show properly. 
Yeah. So to me, like I'd already checked out when I saw the next competitor because it didn't really matter who won. I knew they were going to face Derby on Wednesday. I was like, oh, they probably won't win. And it's just, just something to fill time. And yeah. Ethan Page, uh, the new one, one of the new signings of uh, AEW. Um, last time he was in TNA, I believe it was like January, maybe, or maybe December. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, not for me. I mean, not a bad talent at all, but nothing that's, you know, going to get me excited to watch AEW week in, week out. Um, Wayne, are you? do you know much about Ethan Page? Um, I only know from what I saw yesterday. Um, right, there you go. And what about so, you, Royalty? You know, I've I've seen his name constantly, maybe for the last two or three years, but I, I can I've never seen any of his work, unfortunately. Yeah. So it was a surprise, but <laughs> the wrong kind of surprise for me. <laughs> you know, you know what? Like Elijah said, I I personally wouldn't bring in someone to debut in like a losing effort sort of thing. Yeah. Um. For if he was not going and not even just lose, he didn't really have a significant part to play in this match. It's not like he came close. He wasn't like the person that Scorpio Sky pushed off the ladder. They might as well have just given Rob Van Dam a check. Everyone pops because <laughs> yeah. it's Rob Van Dam. Although, yeah, he's 50 years old and he can lose. You see what I mean? Like, yeah. and we never see him again. One thing, though, other than that, that kind of frustrated me about this match is this, 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 this Cody Rhodes. Like, a lot of people have compared him early doors to Triple H in just terms of like being self-indulgent and all that kind of stuff, like always putting himself over. And Triple, I mean, obviously this is called Face of the Revolution and Cody Rhodes was all over this match. Even when he was injured, cameras were on him. Um, We could see him when they went, he went into the tunnel, but didn't quite go into the tunnel so that we could still see him, you know, came back into the match. Like he was the last person that Scorpio Sky had to push down before he grabbed it. Like, I'm a Triple H guy, right? And I'm not having the Triple H slander whilst Cody Rhodes is running right on AEW doing Triple H stuff. Yeah, you're right. Like, you let's be honest. Absolutely. That's a good call. Uh, Scorpio Sky winning, though. That was the right decision, right? I've... No. <laughs> no. Elijah <laughs> said no. <laughs> said no, Wayne. they did that. <laughs> I think they did that. Because they saw that Bobby Lashley won the WWE Championship and they needed to sort of match them with, you know... I pers- Me personally would have booked uh, Lance Archer to win it. I feel yeah. like Lance Archer's been doing great work. That, that's he should have won it. Yeah. The problem is, if Lance Archer wins, he's facing Darby Allen on Wednesday and he has to beat Darby Allen. let's be honest. And yeah. I don't think they're ready to do that. So I, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Scorpio Sky and Derby. But yeah, same like what Wayne said, in the last week, there's been a lot said since Bobby Lashley won the title about mm. representation or the lack of it in AEW at the top level anyway. And it's kind of convenient that, you know, exactly. Scorpio Sky comes out yeah. of nowhere on Wednesday because he hasn't been on TV in ages. Um, and then on the Sunday, he wins a number one contenders match for the TNT Championship. So... Okay, so um, how will you feel if he loses the on Wednesday? Then, like, this is the thing. Like, they book themselves into corners all the time because yeah. he hasn't been on the show for months. Then he gets put into the match without qualifying, then wins. Like, so he well, has to is, win the title now. Like, he has to win it, otherwise, it's silly. Like, this is what <laughs> when when is the title? When is he supposed to cash in this ring thing? Wednesday. Wednesday. 
this week. Against Omega? Wednesday, yeah. No, Darby, Darby, Darby. 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 TNT oh, it's for the TNT title. Yeah. All right, so this is what I would do, even though it's, it's kind of WWE style booking. But he has a match with Darby. You know, they, they have a full-blown 10, 15-minute match. But Taz's team still has unfinished business. They come in, attack Darby, but also attack Scorpio. Mm. And Sting comes to make the save. And you do a three-on-three match the week afterwards. Uh, that's 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 very WWE. And and Scorpio yeah. joins and Scorpio joins the Sting faction. That's very WWE. And you put you put the paint on the Scorpio. <laughs> the Sting's got the Scorpio in the back. And now you're you know you do all that. You do all the big stuff. No, so Scorpio no. stinging. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Look, okay, look, that would work if. The Derby Sting Team Taz thing hadn't started at the start of December. We are yeah. in March. It's going to be hot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm over that. Like we'll get to that match in a minute, but we've. We hey, you know what? Right. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah, you're we, right. We, X that X that idea. Yeah, forget that. Idea. Yeah, right. we're, we're in different tax year. Absolutely, <laughs> definitely, definitely in a different tax year, my bro. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Max, what was next again, my friend? So it was the the Sting and Darby Allen versus Brian Cage. Oh no. No, 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 no. It wasn't oh, an announcement. About... Wasn't okay. an announcement. Yeah, oh. let's talk about this. So <laughs> obviously, yeah, Big Show had a Big Show. Oh, sorry, Paul White earlier on in the night had a backstage interview where he said that yeah, he's looking forward to blah 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 the person coming and that they're going to outwork everybody. Cool. They done a countdown. Um, the countdown got to zero. Christian Cage, formerly known as Christian. He had the um, TNA music though. I, did TNA music. That. I love that. I did love that. I, I popped for that. But wow. wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, Elijah, you had a lot to say on the WhatsApp. I'm sorry to keep going to Elijah Royalty. Anyway. We're going to get your thoughts on this too. But I need to go to Elijah because he was very passionate <laughs> about this segment. So I want to hear Elijah talk about Christian Cage debuting in AEW. You know the funny thing about this that probably no one else would say in wrestling podcast world? This came before, like the happiness thing. Christian Cage, Christian Cage, Christian Cage. What's the next match? Brian Cage. Like, oh, <laughs> it feels like already that everyone's gone down. Like you've got a cage here and a cage there. And it's just like, it feels a bit, you, mm. you needed another cage? Weird. Mm. Anyway. I said in a WhatsApp group a few months ago, I'm not trying to see any more 40-year-olds in AEW. And then they signed Big Show. And then they used Big Show on television to announce another show, another sign with one week that they had Big Show. Like, we would, you, there's no other sport, no other entertainment media that would ever do that. You would never sign Ronaldo and then Ronaldo comes out and says, you've got a bigger sign in next week. It just doesn't happen. I don't. I just don't understand why they would do that. No one asked for it. Everyone was happy with the Big Show. Everyone's happy with Paul White. Everyone's happy with Sting. Everyone's happy. Don't need more. We just need good. Mm. I never watch AEW or All Elite Wrestling or Dynamite or any of these pay per views and think, you know, this show could do with more wrestlers. <laughs> more wrestlers. Yeah, this show needs more wrestlers. <laughs> if you're gonna get anyone else, like. And this is like broadly across the wrestling landscape. Yeah, it's like we need people that 
can wrestle or can do something to a level like we saw in the Shaq match and Pat McAfee and all these things to like broaden the scope of what this thing is. Like, why would someone watch this show? Someone's not going to watch uh, All Elite Wrestling or NXT or SmackDown if they don't know who these people are. Like, if you already know who Christian is, great. Like, you're already watching wrestling. But Pat McAfee would bring in people. Shaq brings in people. Like we need to find more athletes and people that are like genuinely passionate about the music. Kane Velasquez is another one I was saying in the WhatsApp group. It's like people that that just bad makes bunny. people curious about what this is. Bad Bunny, exactly. Bad like bunny. makes people curious about what this is like and gets them into it, makes new fans. Every time you sign someone that has been in it for 20 plus years and has all this kind of weight on their shoulders, it's it's like cannibalizing what this thing is, man. And it makes it makes me less interested because I've like seen I was watching Christian in ninety seven, exactly. ninety eight, exactly. and I'm like, okay, well, I don't need to watch this cycle again. I don't need to watch and Elijah, this thing and again. Elijah, you and you've also not only did you see Christian in ninety seven, you also saw when he went to TNA in two thousand and five, and it felt yeah. for me, it felt a lot like that. It's like I've seen this before. This was a bad, in my opinion, this was a bad decision. Not only because I will say I'll tell you why it was a bad decision. You can have Christian Cage in AEW. That's fine, right? But don't hype him up like he's gonna give Vince McMahon a heart attack. Don't hype him up like people are gonna think it's Brock, Brock Lesnar or CM Punk levels. Don't hype him he up. He said like, his favorite wrestler of all time. He said one of his favorite wrestlers of all time. Exactly. That's, like that's, what that's, are you it's doing? infuriating. And you know what, Elijah and Royal Team. I feel sorry for him, bro. I feel yeah, sorry not, for him. It's not Christian. You're right, Elijah. It's not Christian's fault. And Elijah and Royal Team were saying this in the WhatsApp group a few weeks ago that Khan needs to kind of he needs to shut up. He's a get out of his own way because he could single-handedly be ruining his own company because he just he just because he's such a fanboy, but he's a bit crazy with it. He doesn't understand like what fans really want, and he kind of does, but he kind of doesn't. Like, oh man, like that was such a disappointment. Like, but I'm not, but at the end of the day, I wasn't surprised because I've been saying this yeah. for a while. I can see AEW doing a whole TNA. I can see this <laughs> completely. Um, royalty. So the issue, yeah, the issue was like Elijah saying, if Ronaldo was to announce like another player, and you're saying Ronaldo's gonna bring in Messi. But Ronaldo actually says it's Dimitar Berbatov. He'd be like, all right, he's good, he's good, but it's not the one. Um, we have a question here from Lola Lola Frills, aka Jason Allen, who says, Was the new signing a letdown? I think, I think we're all in agreement, it was Wayne, yeah. It was all, it was for me, it was awful. Like, I wanted to see a top, top tier, you know, Hall of Famer esque guy. Not saying Christian won't be a Hall of Famer, he already is, but it was just a letdown for me. It was really bad. And we have another tweet from Gigi uh, Mex, Gigi, uh, uh, um, Gigi, big up Gigi. Do you guys consider Christian as a Hall of Fame worthy talent? And this is going to be a question that I want everybody to answer. Okay, so I will start with Mex first. Um, yeah, he's a Hall of Fame worthy talent. Um, he's he will never, especially now, he will never headline a Hall of Fame class. But to go into the Hall of Fame one year, yeah, why not? Wayne, I agree. I think he is a Hall of Famer. Um, look at his tag team record and you know his IC title and 
you know, I guess world championship title run. Yeah, he does. He deserves it. He deserves it. Royalty. Yeah, I have to agree. His, his CV is definitely Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame worthy, definitely. Elijah. Like, I hope this is a multi-year deal. Yeah, I hope he ha- kind of has a Jericho-style run in this promotion. And on this work, I can be like, you know what? He's a G. Like, mm-hmm. based on the last two, three years, like, mm-hmm. you know, 2021 to whatever, 2023, where it's going to be, and be like, you know what? I, there was a middle gap of this career that I didn't see, wasn't interested in, but just that two years alone. You know, like Jericho's first Tokyo Dome to like revolution last year that's that kind of cemented Jericho as like an all-time great for me yeah Christian might have that here in AEW and wherever beyond this now and he might just get his flowers from from me in particular for just period alone TLC all that stuff like it's all good but I would always attribute those kind of matches to you know you know your Jeffs and Edges and Dudley boys like less so Christian and I didn't what, see what? enough of him as a top guy at that time, you know, when he was a top guy. One thing I would say, yeah, is that um, he has always kind of lived in Edge's shadow. And obviously Edge is kind of back in the forefront of things, top guy in WWE right now. And Christian's come back in in the Royal Rumble. They've clearly told him, post Royal Rumble, we ain't got nothing for you. He has no contract. And Tony Khan has come out and said, Christian gave him a call and said, look, I want to wrestle. Um, you know, is there space for me sort of thing? And Tony Khan's like, yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'll have you. Which I don't think is a good look either. Maybe Tony Khan shouldn't have said that. But again, this might be, you know, the fanboy and less kind of professional side of him. Because I don't think that kind of information should necessarily come out. I don't think it makes Christian look particularly good and in demand. But essentially, I feel like AEW have signed their edge. Like, they've seen what Edge is kind of doing now and they want a similar thing. Of course, he's going to wrestle a bit. I think with the new TNT show coming and another um, dark show coming, you know, there's going to be room for him to have regular matches and be on TV and especially coach others, you know, and help the the younger guys. But um, he's still in Edge's shadow, in my opinion, on another show now. I remember AEW went for went for Edge before Edge came back to WWE last year and he chose WWE. So I mean I personally feel Chris Chris is definitely a Hall of Fame talent, you know, IC champ multiple times, European champ, tag team champs with Edge like countless times. Uh you know, NWA TNA champion. Uh, definitely a Hall of Fame talent. We're not going to talk about that ECW run that he had in uh, 06. We're not going to talk about that, or whatever that was, 011, 010, whatever that was. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. But um, do you think, I think Elijah's right that he could definitely solidify something now with AEW that's, because I think there's a bit of a debate in the air. And now he could probably end all debates and say, no, he's a, he's a straight up Hall of Famer, guaranteed. Uh, but do you think that Vince would, induct him in the Hall of Fame as a solo competitor or as Edge and Christian? Edge and Christian. Yeah. Um, royalty? <laughs> uh, that's a very good point. I think, yeah, it, se- it seems like Edge and Christian would have been the direction, I think. I think so too. And, and I, wanna, I don't want to say that because I, I think Christian's worthy of a solo run as a Hall of Fame, but I just don't think Vince sees it that way. 
Edge, I mean, Chris, yeah. I mean, sorry, Vince McMahon is petty, regardless. Like, we can't, like, disregard that. You see what so I mean? When he, like, so when he comes back, you're like, yeah, you're in the Hall of Fame with Edge. China might not be in for certain reasons. But, you know, when DX went in, they put a little picture up of China at the same time. You see what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. he knows how to give people their flowers in an indirect, backwards way sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Elijah? Edge and Christian or Ed Solo? I mean, sorry, Christian it, Solo. It, it, if Vince were to put Edge and Christian in the Hall of Fame, he would have done an Edge and Christian run in this run now. Like, there's enough time between Mania so and, and um, Royal Rumble. So they could have done up to Elimination Chamber or Fast Lane or whatever it's going to be and had that moment, Roman Reigns and uh, Jey Uso versus Edge and Christian, one-off, copper rating, Saturn. Creative had nothing for him, so what can I say? Yeah. It, okay. The Hall of Fame time ago as well, bro. If, if if Christian was gonna go in, he should have probably been in by now. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Christian is now all elite. We'll see what happens with the booking of Christian going forward. I'm assuming it will be a main event spot type booking because I feel like if he was gonna get a TNT type booking, he probably would have been in that ladder match. Am I right? No, maybe nah, I'm it's wrong. not gonna be in it's not gonna be in the main event, man. Like no, like, no, no, okay. No, no, no. All right. Okay. Uh I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't actually be surprised if he does, though. Yeah, I think they're gonna try and book him like Edge. Yeah, they, well, it could be Edge, Edge and Christian at the top of each uh exactly promotion. It. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Be. I wouldn't be surprised. Like the, go- yeah, like the golden they... golden lovers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're calling they're Christian the instant classic Christian cage. Can anyone name a five-star match that Christian has had? Uh, he had a uh, he had a fantastic match with Rob Van Dam in two thousand and three Monday Night Raw. My Ladder bro, match. my bro, that does not answer the question. A classic, instant classic, five-star match. This is why it's not a Hall of Famer to me. But that's another. Well, uh, okay, yeah, you mean as in a solo like, in a solo you, way? Yeah, you see, like when you, you like, say Hall of Fame and then you list off what someone won. I'm like, that doesn't matter. That's a storyline. Like, you have to say what matches, what moments. Like, you can't say they're a European champion. Okay, well, who are the matches with? One or who yeah. was, yeah, was you? Right. Like, what was, like, you have to say this person is the GOAT because this match, this match, this feud, that feud carried the promotion at that time. Not the, the, the props or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Some people weren't champion at all and still the best. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? Elijah, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Um, Max, yes, the Stinger match, Stinger, Darby Allen versus Team Taz, Brian Cage, and what was Brian Cage? <laughs> Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks. Oh, I love Ricky Starks, <laughs> by the way. I think he's, I think yeah, he's going to be a star. He's going to be a star. That guy's going to be a star. Um, Max, can you please give us a rundown? And can I just say, before you give us this rundown, I love this match. I don't care what anybody says. I Listen, this was incredible and for me the better cinematic match between the taker aj styles this one takes the cake for me so please max give us a rundown of what happens in this match yeah likewise i think this is probably one of the best cinematic matches we've had during this period um it was set in a warehouse um also just let me say darby allen apparently has had 90 percent his hands on making this this production putting it together wow 
So, wow. um, yeah, he obviously he's been into film studies. We see a lot of his vignettes aired during the show, which he makes himself. So he obviously worked with the AEW guys to put this together. And yeah, it came out brilliantly. They, they had it in the warehouse and um, there was like some, there was like different levels to it and all of this kind of stuff. And we saw lots of like, I guess, special effects with Sting throwing bats through windows, like way up in the <laughs> ceiling. Um, Ricky Starks, I think Ricky Starks and Brian Cage looked unbelievable. This is this is the way to lose, if in my opinion. Like Team Taz didn't lose anything in losing this match because they looked really, really strong. Brian Cage dragging um, Darby Allen from pillar to post throwing him around for like the entire match. We saw um, Will Hobbs get involved, Powerhouse Hobbs. We saw Hook, Taz's son, get involved. Um, yeah, these guys, they, there was like a big bump that Derby took, putting Cage through like some, I don't know, some like roofed area from like a coffin drop. Um, Sting got the win over Starks by giving him, uh, uh, what do you call it? Scorpion death lock. Scorpion death drop, sorry, um, for the win. Never thought that Sting would be having probably one of the matches of the night on um, a pay-per-view at this age. But yeah, I thought this was really, really good. Um, Royalty, some of your takes from this match, please, that you enjoyed. Yeah, I really enjoyed the um, the whole setup. There was there was some really good shots. There was like one shot where uh, Starks and Sting were in the ring and then the camera like panned across the whole Oh, I love um, that. I love set. that. Oh, good. That was so sick. That sequence is so sick. The set, the <laughs> one thing I couldn't shake was the set reminded me of the uh the intro to Rora's War from the 90s. Yeah, it, it did. Like yeah, just, for they real, just, for real. Like they were just in that. Um I thought yeah I thought the match the whole match was really good. Uh and it's 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 nice to see Sting be able to perform in this way as well. Where... You know what I was, I'm so glad you said that royalty because all I was thinking when I was watching this man, I was like, WWE really dropped the ball because you yeah. could have. This is what Sting was asking them to do. For, he was for like, Undertaker. Listen, yeah. yeah, he was like, You don't need to have me in the ring. We could do a cinematic match, me and Taker. And the way Sting was moving in that match, it could have worked. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't didn't need to he didn't need to take a thousand suplexes, a thousand German no. suplexes. He can he was just telling the story. And I, I guess he had they had the playground to do it. The bat thrown through the window. And we all knew, okay, that bat's going to get used in like ten minutes. Let's wait to see that happen. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It's definitely it, up there with the top three cinematic matches of the last year. So. Um, Wayne Darby Allen, his crazy bumps. Please talk to me. What, what's, I think I think at first in the ring, I used to be awkward. I was a bit awkward with his bumps. I'm like, oh man, this man's going to get himself killed. But obviously, because it's in the filmed environment and it was, you know, it's a bit more controlled and a bit more safe. I I felt his bumps was like when he was double thrown through that glass, through glass. Wall, yeah, yeah. and that bump when he jumps down and listen, I I was I was like this is amazing. That bump in particular, uh, where he you know ended Brian Cage, how that looked was just you know Proper. outstanding, very cinematic, you know, Proper. just just beautiful. It was a beautiful shot and it just looked amazing. And for him to take bumps like this. And still come out with a winning get up and you know, yeah, yeah, he's, he's an amazing talent, Darby Allen's amazing talent. Elijah, what did you think of this uh, cinematic masterpiece? I'm just gonna keep it short and sweet, but uh, something you won't see in any other match ever 
is uh, Brown Cage with uh, Darby Allen in the suplex position, walking up the stairs. Walking up the stairs. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I was that like, was... gone. I was, I was like, yeah. what the hell am I watching? <laughs> like, uh, you know what I loved about this match is what was Tony Schiavone's reaction to everything. Because well, Tony Schiavone's been very much, he's very singular in his wrestling viewing. He's like, if he's not particularly involved in that, you know, in that company, he won't really watch anything else. So he's like, he knows a lot about WCW, but he doesn't know much about WWE, even though he worked for WWE at a certain time. He doesn't, really, doesn't remember like the highlights of WWE stuff. So I don't think he saw the cinematic match between Taker and AJ. I doubt he's seen that. So, but when the, the bit that you mentioned, Royalty, when the camera pans forward, I heard Shivani say, this is incredible, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. Like, he, he, was, like, he was shocked. He was so shocked at what he was seeing. That's, that's it old man appreciation. <laughs> it was. And I, I, I'm so surprised. It, it was. I didn't think it would be as, as good as it was. This was incredible. Yeah. So big up to uh, AEW for that. More and, of that. And please. the future star Hook as well, yeah. man. Like, like oh, Hook's hook amazing. I mean, hook, yeah. yeah, Hook's sick. Like, yeah, man. Don't worry about See, like, I'm complaining about the over 40s. But like these men have got under twenty fives that are you gonna oh, have like Jungle Boy, MJF, Hook. I think I think Sammy's maybe above twenty five, but these men, if they're going for as long as you know Jericho's and Christians, you might have like twenty years out of a hook in one promotion. It's kind of crazy, you know, when you think about that. Like a top fight as well, like twenty and twenty 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 two, I think as well. Mm. Mad. How old is Mad. Hobbs? Is he young? Who? Uh, he's probably in his, in, his, in his late 20s, but yeah, I think he's in his late 20s. So he's still, he's still a, a talent to look for as well. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're killing it, man. They, uh, yeah, you're right, they're killing it. All right, is it time, Max? <sighs> <sighs> yeah, it's time for the Let's main talk about event. It. Let's talk about it. So, a couple of weeks back on Dynamite, Kenny Omega announced that he wanted a certain uh speculation. Uh, sorry, what's the word I'm looking for? Certain stipulation that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Elijah. Certain stipulation against um John Moxley for his final bout for him for a little while that we will see. And it was one of those barbed wire death matches that we used to see in FMW and Michinoku Pro back in the 90s. Elijah, do you remember vividly when you used to come around to mine and we would watch that? That uh, I think it was called what was it called? Wrestle Butch? It wasn't Wrestle Butch. Uh, yes. It was, it was like, yeah, something like that with the mad injuries. Something like had that. Like I can't the mass, the time. It had the mass, like, it had a mass transit incident on there. It had yes. Sabu versus yes. um, Terry Funk, barbed wire match. It so had, we, had a, like, we had a cassette tape where we just watched that. Crazy match. Crazy matches and bumps and accidents. There was like moments where Perry sat and did like a moonsault back in ECW and he landed on his head and he split his head open. And just that crazy course stuff. one way where he came off when, the ropes, remember? When he came off the ropes. <laughs> when he came off the ropes. <laughs> and he nearly broke that head. <laughs> I think he broke JT Smith's JT JT Smith's back. He broke his back. Yeah, yeah he went straight through him. Um, yeah, it was just that. And obviously, a lot of those barbed wire, barbed wire death matches were on those tapes. So Elijah and I used to see this stuff, and we never really liked it. Really, we like we laughed and whatever, but it was like we could never go back and watch it again. It was it was too much for me. Um, but 2021, haven't seen it since the 90s. I guess a clever way to book a new match in a new year and a lot of matches that people wouldn't see in America and in the UK or, you know what I mean, all around the world, apart from Japan. So um, I was a bit conflicted about this because I didn't know how they were going to do it. Uh, but yes, it did definitely have my interest. Uh, Max, can you please run down this match for us and we'll all dissect it. Yeah, so AEW World Championship um, match, exploding barbed wire death match, Moxley going up against the champion Kenny Omega. 
Um, match started with obviously both men really trying to avoid the the sharp barbed wire, um, kind of doing tests of strength around it, and yeah, trying not to be the first to go into it. Of course, Moxley was the first to to go into the barbed wire, and then we saw the explosions and stuff, and he got busted open pretty early. Early, um, I remember particularly one part where Kenny Omega then got got pushed into it on his back i think on his front he got pushed into it he bounced back yeah. off the barbed wire yes. moxley drop kicked him yeah. back into the barbed wire so the explosions went off on two occasions there um it, 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 yeah it was it was very violent we saw a um uh, what was it a paradigm shift from the apron onto a large bed of barbed wire um complete with like pyro under it as well which obviously all kind of blew up and for those that don't know, this this match, the, the whole ring was supposed to blow up at the 30-minute mark of the match. So the match had to basically end before 30 minutes. Um, we saw Gallows and Anderson come down and get involved. Obviously, that's Omega's boys. They gave Omega, I think at one point, a, a bat that had a explosion in it as well, which they used on Moxley, which was pretty crazy. Um, one, I think, really well-thought-out spot was... Um, Omega giving his one winged angel, which no one kicks out of. He gave it to D, uh, D numbers. He gave it to Moxley and um, Moxley, knowing that he ain't going to kick out of this, so to speak, he puts his foot against the rope um, or the barbed wire, which caused the explosion, which caused Kenny Omega to release him from the pin, which That's I thought very was good really booking, good. Though. That was genius. That was very, smart. very good. Very good. Um, A spot of the year so yeah. far. Yeah, yeah. That, that was so smart and well done. Um, and I think the finish as well, um, the one winged angel onto the, the chair, the open chair, not just a chair on the floor, looked nasty, but Moxie yeah. took it like a champ and obviously got pinned um, for for the win. Do you want me to continue into the shenanigans post-match? Uh, yeah, let's cool. go. So the match ended with on like 24 minutes. So like I said, 30 minutes was the, the detonation of the, the ring um match ended on 24 minutes the the assault on moxley continued by the good brothers and kenny omega um with about a minute or so to spare uh, maybe about 40 seconds in fact eddie kingston and his family butcher and blade came out to um stop these guys from completely killing off moxley moxley at this point was handcuffed um his old friend Eddie Kingston gets into the ring to try to uncuff him from the handcuffs, realizes that, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this, has a glance back at the, the timer, um, which is literally on like two, three, two seconds now. He sacrifices himself for his old friend, puts his whole body over Moxley, head down, and um, the most <laughs> unimpressive explosion happens. We see like sparklers coming out of the four ring posts. We see a bit of smoke, a bit of like loud bangs. I've, I've, I've spoken to some friends that were actually in Daly's place. They said the bangs were actually pretty loud. But um, obviously, for even for them as an audience, live audience, and obviously for us that watched it on TV, this didn't look impressive at all. Like this was not an explosion worthy of writing somebody off TV for a day or two, let alone, you know, three, six months, whatever this is, how long this was meant to be. So, um, yeah, a bit of an underwhelming ending to what was a really good, not overly violent, but the, a good level of violent match. But, um, but yeah. 
So if you look at examples from Michinoku Pro and FMW with like the Anita matches with like the great Sasuke or Terry Funk or you will see what they were trying to replicate there with the explosion ending. Those are like really visually stunning explosions in the ring that it's like you can really see, okay, wow, these people really got hurt or these people could really be taken out here. Um, it was very underwhelming. It's such a shame because you can see like afterwards, Kenny, Eddie Kingston was laid on, laid on the ground like, like a bomb blew up. And like, it was just so embarrassing. But um, let's go to uh, Elijah again. I'm sorry. I just want to. I said this is going to be Elijah's pipe bomb moment. Um, Elijah, can okay, go to you? <laughs> let's go to you first. Um, what did you think? I, I kind of called this. Uh this the ending you know I, I, my predictions i said omega winning after moxley being handcuffed to the ring and it blowing up at the 30 minutes mark it was all close enough like they brought out the handcuffs but it's all just too late like it should have finished at the 29 minute mark and had the panic at the end like we have to get the one wing angel on him have to get it through the there was no urgency there was like this beat down happening for what and then it took so long for eddie kingston to come out and protect him it's killed the whole energy of the match like the explosion didn't even bother me and it was just like the six minutes that passed leading up to the explosion was like it deflated me like i the, the air already already left me i was like oh, okay well he's lost the match like who cares like i don't even care if they beat him up and it if the ring had exploded then it doesn't mean that the feuds ended i didn't feel like they concluded the story in a way that we're not going to see Kenny and Moxley interacting anymore. And, and and again, it's like the same thing with the Sting and Derby thing and, and Miro and Cassidy and all that stuff. It's like, I like when things are drawn, the line is drawn. It's like, okay, I don't want to see this anymore. But now the explosion happens or didn't happen. Now this feud must continue. My, my least favorite sentence in wrestling. This feud must continue. <laughs> And, Royal, and it's, yeah. it's a shame because the match was good. The, ma the actual yeah. wrestling yeah. match was like it was, it was, it was a great match. One hundred percent, it was a fantastic match. Uh, Royalty, your takeaways? Yeah, uh, I, I feel so bad for them. I feel so bad for everyone involved in that segment. I don't. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for Eddie Kingston, and I was so surprised to see him come out at the end. And I was like, this is perfect. This is perfect. Like I was really in tune with that part. I'm like, okay, Eddie's Eddie's had like a change of heart. He's gonna save he's gonna save his old friend or whatever. And then we saw Gilberg's entrance <laughs> happen in the ring. <laughs> um, Gilberg. <laughs> yeah. It was so unfortunate. I, I I don't think I don't think Eddie or John deserve that. I don't think they deserve to to be the people involved in that. It's such a shame. It's such a shame. But there was there was a there was fan footage that came out of Moxley on the mic after the uh after the show had ended and he said he blamed it on Kenny's inability to build a an explosive ring, which I was like, okay, cool. That's yeah, that's yeah. a it's a nice good improvisation, nice good improvisation, yeah. He took yeah. to the mic he said that Kenny Omega is a, is a tough son of a bitch, but he can't build an exploding mic, a spl exploding ring for shit. And the crowd popped. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just a shame that uh, Eddie, Eddie Kingston couldn't have improvised. It's not his fault. 
Yeah, because it's, 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 he had to stick for the script, didn't he? Unfortunately, yeah. but yeah, improvisation was definitely needed for that, for that, for that um, final moment. And Wayne, yeah, is this is this harmful for AEW going forward, or can AEW bounce back from this? Well, I, I think they'll bounce back definitely, but you know, it, it was kind of a, a a mundane ending to what it should have been. Because, because, uh, the reason, because AEW like has been doing great. I'm gonna lie, they've been doing great booking recently. I thoroughly enjoyed that dynamite before this, uh, this pay per view. Um, there's been really high on momentum. This, the merger with NJPW, everything just seemed you know, it's just stepping up every time. They're just making all these great, smart decisions. And of course, accidents happen. I mean, WWE's done it more than you know, than you know, we can count, you know, I mean, and they've always bounced back, but. You, you, you don't really need this when you're when you're trying to take over yeah, the, yeah. the king, right? When you're coming you know, for the king, you kind of want to make sure everything's a bit, you know, especially with that type of, you know, you know, botches happen. Yeah. But with that one, that was a real bad botch. But people that don't like AEW have now got fuel for their fire. Like they've got ammunition. This <laughs> is the pun, but it's all there now for them. And you know, I don't blame like Eddie Kingston. People are saying, oh, you know, he's overselling. We all saw nothing happen. But let's be honest, his head was down. He was covering Moxley. Yeah. He was down. So, and if it was as loud as they thought for them that were in the ring, then they might have actually thought something happened. Apart, you know, they don't yeah. know how it looks. So they're still doing what they yeah. need to do. Yeah. And obviously those two are professionals as well. So they're never yeah. going to have a peak or anything like that. It will respond to the crowd booing. Um, they sold it like they were supposed to. But... One yeah. thing for me, like Skillet just said, we've seen these kind of mistakes happen in wrestling, in WWE. Um, you know, I've seen times when Roman Reigns does his little, cocks his hand and punches the ground and no pyro comes, you know. Um, it's like you hinged your entire main event on that moment of the explosion. And given the fact that pyro can't always be trusted, there was no backup. Mm. There was no contingency. Contingency could have been the lights went off. Contingency could have been the, the ring just fell down or something like that. Contingency exactly. could have yeah. been like even Kenny Omega could have come out. And when he saw that, that piss poor explosion, he could have came up with Gallows and Anderson pointing and laughing like, ha, I got you sort of thing. Like you thought I was going to blow up this whole place. But yeah, you know, facts, now facts. you look like a, a pussy, basically. There was no contingency for something that was completely out of their their control of which is pyro. So that's that's the one thing I guess they have to learn from the situation that, you know, if things don't go your way on big pay-per-view, you, you probably need to have a backup, a backup plan. Yeah. But yeah, okay. it is unfortunate. Just a couple of questions before we wrap up. Uh, from Callum Tida at Tida Nater. Was the barbed wire explosion match ending as bad as Seth versus The Fiend at Helena Cell 2019? I like that ending. I actually like that ending when Rollins hit the fiend with a sledgehammer, with the with the cinder block. I think that the one in wasn't no, that the one in. No, 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 no. Oh, no. You, you, you can't, you can't like it was. He got disqualified in the hell and cell, right? Yeah, that, that's, that's poor. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's disgraceful, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's poor. That's poor. <laughs> that's disgraceful. Like, the, the thing is, like, it was at the end of the day, he beat him in it. He he pinned him. The match was finished. So in the in the history books, quote unquote, the match finished. He hooked the leg, pinned him, done. And they never need to even reference the explosion again. Like when they start to talk about it on dynamite, that 
basically just didn't happen. The ending happens when he gets pinned. That's it. With the Seth Rollins one and, and The Fiend, it's like he got disqualified for beating too much ass. The worst type of disqualification there is. Mm. In the hell in itself. Like, mm, yeah. there's, there's no comparison. <laughs> Where there's no rules. Yeah, I, 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 think, I, think, I think we're all in agreement on that one, aren't we? Yeah. Right. And I've got one last question from uh, Roy Johnson. Uh, pro- progress wrestler right now, my, my brother. He said, if someone held a gun to your head and asked you to draw a wrestler for someone else to guess who it is, who would you draw and why? I'm going to start off with Wayne McKell. I'd probably draw The Undertaker. Okay. And because why? Everybody knows who The Undertaker is. So easily recognizable. Easy recognizable. You can easily know how to draw him off the top of your head. You don't have to really worry about certain things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, I've watched him all my life. Yeah. So that's a good know, answer. I'll get away with that. Max, who would you draw and why? Same sort of reasons. I probably draw um the rock, people's eyebrow pose. <laughs> like I think people should be able to pick that up. Royalty. For some reason, the Ultimate Warrior came into my head. I feel like that logo with the uh, the face paint kind of shape is kind of synonymous with uh, old school wrestling. And I feel like that's a lot of people's only reference to ref- uh, wrestling that I don't watch it is that kind of era or you know, late 90s. So maybe Ultimate Warrior, I think. That's a good answer. I like that. Elijah? Big show because I could just draw the shape. I'd be like, just a massive person on the paper, <laughs> like, and they'd be like, "Oh, like, who could that be? Could be?" And then you could write Big Show on his shirt. When we used to have that back <laughs> in the day, you know. Just... No more BS. No more BS. Uh, I, w- I would probably draw Macho Man Randy Savage or yeah, yeah, somebody that stands out. You know what I mean? Uh, or Rey Mysterio. I'd probably be my two choices. Yeah. Listen, well, thank you guys for joining. This is great to have you guys back on the show. We're gonna have you, you on more. The, the overall pay-per-view, man. Like we oh, yeah, kind of give sorry. it like thank a you. 10 or something, man. Thank you, Elijah. All right, let's go around the room and let's, yes, you're right. Thank you very, very much, Elijah. Let's rate AEW Revolution out of 10, and we'll go with royalty first. Okay. Uh I feel like I'm gonna give it a seven and a half, and it would have been an eight and a half, nine if outcomes went a bit differently I, th- I think not just not just the explosion but just outcomes of matches it could have been in the eight and nine kind of tier but I, I think seven seven and a half is out of ten is what I'm reading it I think Wayne I kind of agree with Raw T but I think I'll give it a seven just because the the ending yeah it just ruined it for me so a seven I think I'll stick with it. <laughs> Elijah. Yeah, sounds about right, man. A solid seven. It's um I think by AW standards, it's like the second worst pay-per-view, but it was still a great pay-per-view. Like I I can order them in my head, like, but this one wasn't in their top five of the pay-per-views they've done so far. Uh yeah. and I'd rate the other ones maybe, you know, eights and nines. All out the, the September one, I'd say, is probably around this one, seven. And um, but it's got two matches on it that I'll never forget. I'll never forget that that cinematic match with Sting and Darby, 
and I'll never forget the Kenny and Moxley match. So, yeah. Max, um, I think I'll go with royalty. Um, I'll give it seven and a half. A lot of good wrestling. Obviously, we had a, a botched ending in the main event, but other than that, I got a lot of good wrestling. If anything, what brings it down for me is the length of the pay-per-view. I felt there was a couple matches on there that are at best dynamite main events like um, Matt Hardy, Hangman Page, that didn't necessarily need to be on pay-per-view. Um, Miro's tag match didn't need to be on pay-per-view. So just kind of made it a longer a longer watch. And then, of course, like I say, you, you don't get the payoff at the end of the show. So, um, yeah, Se- about seven and a half because it was still a very solid wrestling show. I want to say seven. I feel it was a very, very good pay-per-view. Unfortunately, the booking and certain some decision making that they made let it down. Obviously, the end botch happens. Uh, they could probably try and repeat the uh, the ending in Dynamite. That probably really rank the rate the views up if they actually execute the, the explosion. Uh, I know that might be a bit like, well, they're not going to do a barbed wire match again, maybe. But I don't know. Maybe they could do some sort of something to That's one thing. Let me just add one thing. So, obviously, this was supposed to write off Moxley and Kingston, right? Mm. Effectively, Kingston, because he got in the ring to take the blow as well. But they have to show up on Dynamite now, right? They're not going to try and fob us off like something actually happened. What do you That's think? What I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, they have to do something. There might be something they can yeah. do to make up for it on Dynamite. Um, but, yeah, and the well, question... Why does everyone think that Moxley's being written off? Because he's, I think he's going paternity leave. He's, he's expecting, yeah, he's misses it. Yeah, but in May, so it's it's March. Like, I think I think people he may have paternity a, afterwards, right? Like, do it. I think he may have a little stint in New Japan to eventually drop this title as well, the US Championship, before yeah. he then goes on paternity. But we'll okay. see. We'll see. Okay. Um. But yeah, uh, it was a good pay per view. Yeah, just a few things let it down, but yeah, it was, it was still a good pay per view. Would have been, I agree, with royalty. I think I've, if everything went to plan, the Christian thing did annoy me. I'm not gonna lie, but if everything did go to plan with that main event, it definitely would have bumped it to like an eight or a nine. Uh, yeah, maybe eight and a half. But um, unfortunately, I'm gonna give you a seven. But uh, yeah, that was our AEW review of of Revolution, and we'll look forward to see what happens in Dynamite. We are going to get you guys back on quite regularly if you guys don't mind, because. We want to do, we're just going to split the kick out podcast with certain hosts that are kind of are dedicated to WWE brand. And where you guys are also dedicated to AEW brand, we'll kind of get you guys to, if you guys don't mind. I haven't, I haven't spoken to you. guys about your schedules or nothing. I'm hoping you mean, I've actually got to watch wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are family, I'm hoping you guys, <laughs> you guys wouldn't mind helping us out and um, being part of the show regularly to talk You're about. You're trying to get a pass ring for about five years. That's not for me. Elijah Royalty and to hold the ring like this while we talk about AEW on a weekly um, if you can do on a weekly basis or every fortnight or whatnot, whatever's good for you guys. All right. Yeah, just, but yes, please yeah. um can you give the listeners who are listening right now your socials? We'll go from Wayne. Wayne, where can they find you on the social media? Social media, uh Twitter, Instagram, Wayne McKell. Just Wayne McKell. Just Wayne McKell. And how do you spell McKell for people who might spell it wrong? M-E-C-K-E-L. Thank you very much. Uh, DJ Royalty. Uh, my uh, social media tags are at Royalty Music. That's R-O-Y-A-L-T Music. Elijah. Don't follow, man, innit? 
<laughs> well, perfect. Okay. That's uh, uh, <laughs> um, it. signing out. Max, Max, do you want to give your um, WrestleMania a plug? Your, your your channel? Yeah, WrestleMania UK on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all of them places. Um, and yeah. and uh, the listeners are growing each week. So we want to thank you guys for that. Please keep following and subscribing and tell your friends all about the Kick Out podcast. Um, we are out. Thank you, guys.